Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 867, and we're looking at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. Let's read the passage. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. That is, why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. Again, I will trust in him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. Now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way, so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he is tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. This is the book of Hebrews. This is a letter or a sermon, and the audience is Jewish Christians. Christians who are now being persecuted. And they are tempted to fall back into Judaism. Judaism is tolerated by the Roman Empire, and they're per- openly persecuting Christians. And so there's a real temptation to turn your back on Christianity and go back to the safety of Judaism. So he's presenting it as Jesus is superior to anything else you could turn to, so don't turn away from Jesus been talking about his superiority to angels. That angels brought messages. Well, the message of Christ is superior to that. So the consequences of ignoring his message is more severe than ignoring the message by angels. In his kingdom, the world to come is under his authority. It's not ruled by angels. And while he was temporarily lower than angels, the whole point of that was so that he could die. And now he is exalted, and because of his death, others have been brought to life. Let's pick it up in verse 10 of chapter 2. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Well, this word pioneer often gets translated author. And it can be translated a variety of ways, leader, uh, trailblazer, but the, the one who's gone ahead and made it possible. So this translation uses pioneer, the pioneer of their salvation. Who's he talking about? The many sons and daughters brought to glory. These are the Christians, the sons and daughters brought to glory. And so he says it's appropriate for God to make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean that Jesus wasn't perfect? Well, perfect, don't think as flawless, but perfectly fitted for. 
And so for Jesus Christ to be the pioneer of salvation, it was appropriate for him to go through his humanity and suffering. So by doing that, it qualified him or equipped him or made it appropriate for him to be this pioneer of salvation. So he fulfilled everything needed so that he would be the pioneer of salvation, the one that lead those brought to glory through salvation. It was done through his suffering. That is through his death. It was through the death of Jesus that the penalty of sin was paid. Verse 11. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. So who's the one who sanctifies? Jesus Christ. Who are those who are, are sanctified? That's believers, Christians. And says they all have one Father. So Jesus always referred to God as his Father. He also says that, that God is our Father. And he goes on and says that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. So there's a point here is that Jesus referred to God as his father, but he also says that God is our father, so he refers to us as his brothers and sisters. Then he quotes Psalm 22, verse 22 here. Now, Psalm 22 was always recognized as a messianic psalm, and Jesus started quoting Psalm 22. When he was on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so this is a line out of Psalm 22. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. This is speaking of the idea of Jesus Christ being our brother, brother of believers. Then verse 13, he says, again, I will trust in him. So he, again, he's quoting the Old Testament. And this is a quote from Isaiah 8, 17. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. It's a quote from Isaiah 8, 18. And the point he's making here is his relationship with people. That he became a person to identify with people, to die as a person, the perfect person, to pay the penalty of sin for all people. Verse 14, now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. He's talking about the commonality. Jesus became a human in order to have this commonality, in order to share this flesh and blood in common with people. And he, he's saying, and that was appropriate so that he could be the one to make the sacrifice for these people. And in doing that, conquers death. And by conquering death, conquering Satan. Verse 16. For it's clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. He's delineating the difference between angels and people. Jesus didn't come to save the angels, he came to save people. He says here, Abraham's offspring. Now remember, he's speaking to a Jewish audience. 
they consider themselves Abraham's offspring. So he's really speaking to them. Jesus came to save Abraham's offspring. Jesus came primarily to Israel. But the message goes way beyond Israel. Paul mentions that anyone who is a believer is a spiritual offspring of Abraham. Verse 17, Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way, so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. Well, speaking of Jesus as the high priest, what's the function of a priest? Priest to be the intermediary between people and God, to provide the sacrificial service necessary to take care of the sin problem. So in his role as high priest, Jesus became the intermediary between people and God and offered the sacrifice to take care of the problem of sin. And the author of Hebrews is saying, and it was necessary for him to become a person in order to do that. In verse 18, he amplifies on this a little more. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are tempted. I mean, Jesus couldn't have been the sacrifice had he not suffered. Well, I'm not saying he couldn't. This is the way God chose to do it. Now, it was so that Jesus could identify with people or people could identify with Jesus. Well, he doesn't really say, but his point here is that the reason Jesus came to become a person was to identify with people and people could identify with him to be like people and to then live as the perfect person to make the sacrifice for people. And it is for people. He didn't do it for angels. And, and so this is what's available is the forgiveness of sin, salvation, and that it only occurs through faith in Jesus Christ. So don't turn away from this and run back to Judaism. Stay firmly rooted in your Christian faith. We're speaking of these first century Christians who are tempted to turn away from Christianity and follow Judaism. We're not tempted to do that. We are often tempted to neglect Christ. Generally, it's not because of persecution, at least in our situation. It is in many places in the world. It's just because other things are more interesting more fun, more pleasurable. And the, the same argument holds here. Don't be turning to other things because there's no hope for eternity in those other things. There's only hope for eternity in Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me next time as we continue working through Hebrews.